Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Living the dream. I like it when someone asks, how are you doing? And I can say, I'm living the dream. I hope you've had the experience in life where you could say, I'm living the dream. Those mountaintop moments where life is just so good. Maybe right now it feels like you're in a bad dream. I think we've all had experiences like that. We're in a bad dream or even a nightmare. We just ask, why or how can this happen? None of this makes sense. Before I get too far into the message, I want to give you a tip on how to write a good message. You ready? I had a professor in college. He says, when you start your sermons, the first thing you do is write two words at the top of your paper. Or if you're typing on a computer, whatever. Two words right at the top. You ready? So what? Not that you don't care, but what's the point? What's the whole idea? Don't waste people's time. Have a purpose. Go somewhere with what you're saying. I mean, I think there might have been a time or two in our lives we've heard a preacher go on and on and on and on. Not here. I've heard the preaching here the last 20 years, and I know it's been good. But we've been there, huh? I used to have a college roommate who said, every preacher needs to remember Ecclesiastes 5.2, where it says, God is in heaven, you are on earth, so let your words be few. (laughs) Makes me chuckle, too. So what? What's the point of this morning's message? Four words that I want you to remember. There will be joy. There will be joy. When it seems like there's no hope, when it seems like there's no answers, when everything seems so uncertain, know this, with the Lord, there will be be joy. Last week, talked about how 23 years is a long time. 70 years is even longer. Okay, if you rewind your life 70 years, that would be 1950. How about that for preacher math? Now, 
Things have changed a lot since 1950, huh? Can you imagine if starting today until 2090, or if you go back to 1950 until today, can you imagine being held captive in a foreign country all that time? After being separated from your family? That's an awful situation, isn't it? But that's, a, that's what the Israelite people had experienced. And sometimes when we go through difficult times, it feels like it's lasting 70 years. It feels like there's no end in sight. But wait, if there is an end in sight, oh, that's a train. Or better yet, I really Facebook is really grossing me out. Just saying. The only good thing on Facebook is Springwater Church the Nazarene. No, there's other good stuff. Like the meme that said, I thought it was a light at the end of the tunnel. And then it was Darth Vader with his lightsaber. That's <laughs> what it feels like sometimes, huh? But let me remind you, there will be joy. Psalm 126 is evidence of that. Just like last week, Psalm 85, I think it was last week. It was a psalm not written by David, but written because of the Babylonian captivity. This week's psalm, Psalm 126, is another psalm, this one after the Babylonian captivity. Imagine after 70 years being held captive, they're finally free. That'd feel like a dream, huh? And that's what the psalmist, that's what he writes. If you haven't found it yet, it's Psalm number 126. As you're looking that up, let me share a good quote with you. We can read any other book, but the Bible reads us. Isn't that true? Shows us who we are. Shows us who He is. And who we can be as we follow Him. Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like people who dreamed. Our mouths were full of laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. That's in quotations, because that, that's what the other nations were saying. Verse 3. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams of the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. And Lord, I thank you for the promises we have in just these six verses. Lord, I thank you for how you're faithful. I thank you for how you bring us joy. Even in the midst 
of the darkness. When there was no room in the end, Lord, you brought joy. You brought our salvation with that baby in a manger. Lord, I thank you for how you save us and for how you shape us as we walk with you. Lord, thank you for how your word shapes us when we spend time in it. And Lord, thank you for this time we have each week together. And I pray that you bless what's been prepared. May you be glorified. May what you have to say through your word be made clear by the power of your spirit. And Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. What we have here is a reversal of fortunes. After 70 years in exile, the hearts of the people are filled with joy. And it's just what the Lord promised. We read about the promise in Ezra. Ezra chapter 1. Now, it's interesting. When you look for Ezra or Nehemiah, the books that happen after the Babylonian captivity, they come before the Psalms. That's, that seems out of order, doesn't it? Because it happened after that. But they're before the Psalms. Maybe it was placed like that for historical purposes. I didn't do that homework. But just in case you're looking for it, Ezra is before the Psalms. Ezra was one of the guys who returned to Jerusalem. Pick it up in verse 1. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord. Uh, just refresher. This was a guy who was a pagan king, and how he starts his proclamation was with the Lord. Pretty cool, huh? The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any one of his people among you, may his God be with him, and let them go up to Jerusalem and Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem. Promise fulfilled. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 25, You haven't listened to me for 23 years, so you'll be taken captive. You didn't listen to the Lord. As a result, captive for 70 years. Guess what? The 70 years is up. God knows how to do math. Time to go back. And they experienced the joy of being set free. It's like a dream. It seems too good to be true, but it's true. Do you know the joy of being set free? Do you know the joy that's found only in the salvation that comes only through Jesus? That's the joy of being set free from those sins that so easily entangle us. 
verse 2. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. How about that? I don't know if this ever happens to you, but it happens to me. Others are often the first to notice how good I've got it. See, I'm more like George Bailey. You know who George Bailey is, right? It's a wonderful life. I miss Bruce Bailey. When they first started coming here, until the time he went to heaven two years ago, I would always call him George. But I'd have to apologize. <laughs> he was Bruce Bailey, not George. George is from It's a Wonderful Life. And George had a wonderful life, didn't he? He just didn't see it. It took an angel named Clarence to help him see how wonderful his life was. But you, we can relate with George Bailey, can't we? I know I can. Sometimes I get into that rut, oh, I'm having this problem. I'm sure nobody else in life has ever had this problem. I have it so bad. I might have said this before, but my blood type's O negative. <laughs> That's the joke at our house. But, but what the... What did the others notice? The other nation noticed the Lord has been good to them. Here's a challenge for us. Because I am blessed. And you are too. But let's not wait till others notice first. Let's be grateful for what He's blessed us with. And one thing that might help is this. Once Israel heard it, once the psalmist heard it, he repeated it. You see in quotations in verse 2, and then how does verse 3 go? The Lord has done great things for us. Try repeating that in your head. The Lord has done great things for me. The Lord has done great things for me. The Lord has done great things for me. And what happens in verse 3? They say that, and they rec recognize, and we are filled with joy. Christians, let's be filled with joy. We know there's a whole world filled with a lot of other stuff. We know people who are filled with other stuff. Let's not be honest or dishonest about things. Christians, let's be filled with joy. We'll get more into what that means in a minute. But maybe, maybe that's something we can do, is just say to ourselves, the Lord has done great things. Studies have shown when you dwell on things, it actually like makes patterns in your brain. So when we get off that stuff that makes the negative patterns and focus on how the Lord has done great things for us, guess what? We'll have a more positive pattern. Don't get me wrong. I'm not naive enough to think there won't be sadness and despair in life. 
because that's life in this fallen world. And it makes us wonder, where does that stuff come from? Why will the Lord allow this to happen? Even as you read through the psalm, we see how there are seasons of despair, sadness, weeping. Verses 4 to 6. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears. See, there's tears. He who goes out weeping. See, there's weeping. We know that, don't we? Why would the psalmist bring that stuff up again? I have a theory. Just to remind the people how he would get them through it. Not that it was easy, but he got them through it. And you know what's crazy? This is crazy. The entire nation, all of God's people, back in Jeremiah's day, not all of them didn't listen. Does that make sense? There were still some good people there. When the exile happened, there were still good people in Israel, but guess who it affected? It affected everybody who was taken away in captivity, the good and the bad. The good still had to go through it. It's true. It happened to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There are some who think that when they were put in the servitude, they were castrated. But they didn't do anything wrong. That's about the worst thing that happened, right? Sometimes bad things happen to good people and there's nothing we can do. But we can get through. Even though Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't follow other gods. They suffered the destruction, the captivity... But they, I think they held on to the promise that God would be with them and would bring them through and bring them out of it. Jeremiah 25, 12. And who was it who brought them out? They didn't revolt, did they? They didn't start a revolution. They did revolt when it came to worshiping other gods. They didn't do that. It was the Lord who brought them out. It was the Lord who brought them joy. And I want you to hear what Eugene Peterson said, because he's a much smarter dude than I am. He's the guy who wrote the message. He wrote a book called... I forgot the name of it. You'll just have to wait on that. Oh, I forgot it again. A long obedience in the same direction. It's a book about discipleship. Anyway, you know what he said about joy? He said, joy is what God gives, not what we work up. Don't put that pressure on yourself. If you're going through a difficult time, don't think, I need to be more joyful, I need to be more joyful, I need to be more joyful, because in your own power, you're not more joyful, that's just going to make you more bummed. 
So we focus on the one who brings us joy, who gives us joy. Okay, we talked about how the Israelites said, the Lord has been good to us. That's a good thing for us to repeat. But I got a good tip this summer I thought I'd share with you. I'm a Nazarene preacher that did not go to Nazarene seminary. It's okay. Pastor Denny didn't either. See? You can be a great preacher and not have to go to that seminary. But they do produce great preachers. Even though I didn't go to that school, they, they, they let me in for a conference this September. For a fee. But that's okay, because it was worth it. And you know, I bet you can guess what a lot of these conferences are about nowadays. How to get through the pandemic. How to lead your church through and navigate the waters of the pandemic that we've never experienced before. And one guy said this, and I really liked it. This may sound new agey to you, but get over it. It was about breathing prayers. And he said one thing. This preacher said one thing that has helped him through this difficult year was to breathe in and say, I will trust the Lord. And breathe out. The Lord is my trust. Now, if you don't know how to breathe, let me tell you how to breathe. You have to breathe from your diaphragm. And I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to make anybody else do it. But Kevin Pugh had to do it when I was in the sixth grade. He was a fellow trumpet player. I saw the light and switched the French horn in seventh grade. But that was for Ethan Stein, if you're listening, buddy. Gene and Jan's little grandson, Ethan. He plays the French horn. Anyways, our band director, Mr. Buck, made Kevin lay flat on the ground. And he put a book on his belly. And he said, when you breathe, that book should go straight up because you're breathing from your diaphragm, your belly goes out. Joyce is smiling because this must be right. She's a music teacher. But that's how you breathe from your diaphragm. Your belly goes out. As your belly goes out, you say, I will trust the Lord. Or maybe you got it backwards. Is that when you exhale? I'm messing it up. Whatever. No, when you breathe in, your belly goes out. I just did it. You breathe out, it goes in. It's all good. Before I wrap up, I <laughs> wrap up quickly. I don't want us to miss this. The psalmist says, Restore our fortunes, O Lord. And in a few minutes, all of what I'm going to say hopefully makes sense because I'm going to read the message to you the message version, Eugene Peterson's translation of this psalm. He says, Restore our fortunes. This is the NIV. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Verse 5. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. 
He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. Now, first of all, you need to know about the Negev. I think it was a valley, but that area in the summertime dries a bone. But when the autumn rains came, it filled up. Sometimes like a flash flood. They they couldn't hold back the refreshing. And that's what the prayer is. Lord, hold nothing back. Fill us with all that you got. And then he says something about bringing in the sheaves. And I didn't know what that meant until I went to the nursing homes with nine. You can probably guess the folks at the nursing homes like the hymns. And I'd never heard the song, Bringing in the Sheaves. And you may never heard the song, Bringing in the Sheaves. You know, that song was written about 170 years ago. It was written by a song evangelist who would travel around in Ohio and Indiana and He wrote that song in 1874. Tragically, he died in a train wreck four years later down in Texas. But that song got out, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. It was based on Psalm 126. And you know what it's about? It's about how the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. It's about bringing in the sheaves of wheat, the new believers who've been set free and found the joy of salvation that's found only in Jesus. That's what the psalmist is talking about here. Bringing in the sheaves. It's about proclaiming what Jesus has done for us so that others can know the joy that we have in Jesus. And the promises. Don't miss the promises at the end of this. You saw there was sorrow. You saw there was weeping. But how many times did you hear will? Will, will, will. That means the Lord's going to do it. He will. He will. He will. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Because who brings the joy? He'll bring it. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with what? What will the Lord bring them? Songs of joy. And they'll be carrying in the sheaves because they're sharing the joy with others who need to be set free. And just in case you didn't hear me over that click, they'll be sharing the joy with those who need to be set free. Let me close with Psalm number 126. It seemed like a dream, too good to be true, when God returned Zion's exiles. We laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us. 
We are one happy people. And now, God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. You know what? We live around people. We live with people whose lives are drought-stricken. And what's the prayer here? And now, God, do it again. What did we read in last week's psalm? Psalm 85, revive us again. These people in exile knew how important revival was. And now, God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives so those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. And Lord, we look to You, the only One who can save us, the only One who can bring us joy, the only One who can bless us with armloads of true blessing. Lord, You have been good to us. May we reflect on that. You have been good to us, and we praise You. Lord, I especially pray for those who may be in the valley. Maybe they are feeling that despair. May they be encouraged by Your Word this morning that they can trust in You. And may they proclaim that their trust is in You. May we all do that, Lord. We thank You for these promises that You will restore us. You will bring salvation. And Lord, You will bring joy. And we praise You for that. Bless us this week, Lord, as we go out, as we go our separate ways, all the different places you've appointed us to be, and bless us as we share the joy that you so brought us. Lord, we love you, and I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.